Welcome to your Active Digital Brief podcast. My name is Samuel Stolton, and each week I aim to bring you some of the most relevant and timely technology stories in the world of EU politics and policy. This week we take a look into the thinking behind the European Commission's recently published plans for their so-called digital decade targets, and we probe perhaps the blind spots that the EU executive hasn't yet addressed in detail. For a full breakdown of all the most important stories over the past seven days in this patch, sign up to my free newsletter or take a look at it online at youractive.com. This is Youractive's Digital Brief Podcast. The European Commission's 2030 Digital Compass targets presented last week highlight a series of benchmarks to be achieved by the end of the decade as a means to help the bloc become digitally sovereign by building up, and I quote, technological capabilities in a way that empowers people and businesses to seize the potential of the digital transformation, end quote. As part of the new targets, the Commission notes that achieving gigabit connectivity by 2030 is key, and in this respect the focus should be on the rollout of fixed and mobile technologies, including 5G and 6G. One concrete target is that all European households will be covered by a gigabit network, with all populated areas covered by 5G by 2030. In terms of such connectivity targets, the documents also note that microprocessors are a key technology at the start of the strategic value chain for a series of next-generation appliances. On announcing the plans recently, here's what the Commission's Executive Vice President for Digital, Margareta Vestaya, had to say. The pandemic has shown us how important it is to have a reliable network uh, connection. Uh, In 10 years from now, we want all European households covered with gigabit uh, connectivity. Uh, As Europeans, we also need to become less dependent uh, on others when it comes to key technologies. And this is why by 2030, we want at least 20% of the world's uh, cutting-edge microelectronics to be produced uh, in Europe. Uh, Living up, of course, uh, to the highest environmental standard, because that is key also to Green Deal. And staying on the subject of microprocessors here, while Europe designs and manufactures high-end chips, the Commission says there are important gaps, notably in state-of-the-art fabrication technologies and in chip design, exposing Europe to a number of vulnerabilities. Here, as Vestaya said, the Commission wants by 2030 the production of cutting-edge and sustainable semiconductors in Europe, including processors, to be at least 20% of world production in value. And on the more general subject of the bloc's connectivity targets, particularly for next-generation mobile tech, the EU has indeed fallen well behind the mark over recent months. In the EU's 2016 5G action plan, nations committed to a number of targets, including the launch of 5G services in all member states in at least one major city by the end of 2020. Moreover, timeframes set out in the 2018 Electronic Communications Code legally bound member states to ensure the availability of 5G radio spectrum before the end of 2020 as well. Both targets were missed, owing to the coronavirus pandemic, concerns over the security of next-generation telecommunications networks, and a heated campaign about the health risks of 5G. And the digital decade targets in particular were rather light on the details in terms of the future ambitions for 5G 
and how they would actually be achieved, bearing in mind that certain benchmarks in the past, such as the Action Plan and the Electronic Communications Code, were missed. Well, to discuss this and perhaps other blind spots that many, I'm sure, in the industry would have liked the Commission to pay more attention to, I recently caught up with Vodafone's External Affairs Director, Joachim Reiter, to hear about how the telecoms industry has responded to the Commission's new long-term goals in the digital arena. So, Joachim, thank you very much indeed for joining us here today. My pleasure. Perhaps we could um, first start by getting Vodafone's general response to the Commission's Digital Decade targets. I imagine you're quite interested in talking about the new gigabit connectivity goals for 2030. Do you think these are achievable, bearing in mind that the EU has missed out on previous objectives in the 5G field? Generally, I think it's a very good idea that the Commission comes out with the Digital Decade targets it's about time, and if anything, uh, the phase we've been in through COVID has proven the importance of the EU putting a very high level of ambition. I mean, digital has become a new dividing line in our societies, and it has been an absolute lifeline of, of any, everyone from pupils to elderly to people seeking access to healthcare, as well as uh, people trying to still uh, have their business running or getting to work via video conferencing. So. It's the right thing to do, and the European Council requested the Commission to come come with this. I mean, certainly a number of the targets are very, very ambitious, and, and, and as such, they mark an important and much needed step change in how the European Union should look up upon um, uh, its, its digital future, but also connectivity more specifically. From my point of view, uh, there are a number of things that are really good in this, talking about, for example, the digitizing health services, digital skills, secure infrastructure and the transformation of businesses and public services. The problem is more around, which you alluded to, um, that we have ambitious targets, but we don't really set out how we intend to meet these targets, also based on uh, uh, the track record of European activities to date. And you rightly pointed out that with respect to the 5G ambitions of the European Union, when the reality is the European Union is a laggard with respect to 5G deployment compared to both China and the United States. And since 5G will become one of the main drivers of European competitiveness. It is right for the Commission to highlight that this must be a priority uh, to get 5G to uh, reach all European citizens and businesses by 2030. The question, however, is how do we get there, uh, considering that we have failed uh, and that we are now a laggard? So there's a sense of urgency that needs to be put into it, which I had hoped in the in the targets could have been uh, clearer, but something that certainly now as part of the consultations and the, the deliberations with member states in the European Parliament needs to be injected into this. I also think there is a, a frankly a huge need for all actors, including companies like ours, to basically, um, based on our experience of what has not worked, to come together and chart a new course in terms of the roadmap of how to achieve it. And specifically, we need to acknowledge that we're faced with a very significant and growing investment gap in Europe around connectivity. And that requires a very ambitious program to try to overcome what drove us to lag behind in 5G in the first place. And that requires us to also then acknowledge we're not climbing Mont Blanc here. We're actually climbing Mount Everest. So it's a 4,000 meters additional that has been added through the targets, which means that the how question, how we are going to achieve that, is going to be all the more important that we are crystal clear on. For, and for me, for sure, that means that every single policy decision, every new legislation, every regulatory decision, 
must be assessed against its contribution to these new targets. And we need to have the boldness in Europe to reconsider our policy approaches, which has led to the poor returns on capital, which in turn is driving the, the inadequate investment levels in Europe. Mm-hmm. And on this subject of investment levels, of course, the EU has put aside 20% of its recovery fund for digital affairs. How much of this do you think should go towards achieving these 2030 objectives and maybe specifically for the connectivity targets? Well, it depends a little bit on each member state's starting point. And, and I think overall, the approach the Commission has taken in terms of uh, overarching flagships, of which 5G acceleration and rural connectivity uh, have been identified together with upskilling and reskilling and modernizing public administrations through digital means. All of that is absolutely the right thing. Um, what we have seen, however, and this is where it's still frankly is an open question and it's going to be absolutely essential that both the member states and the commission diligently implements the guidance uh, uh, and measure against where they start in terms of their DESI uh, scores because each member state have different strengths and weaknesses going into this new heightened level of ambitions. Uh, But what I'm looking for is each member state should set its targets and identify the projects it needs to drive in an accelerated manner under its national programs based on its starting point. So the weaknesses it have, all of them have. Uh, I mean, frankly, most member states, if not all member states, are underperforming on infrastructure compared to where the digital decade targets now rightly uh, put the bar very high, which means that there should be a strong component on infrastructure in that. Exactly how much it is for each of the member states, that is something that uh, will have to be assessed based on the probability of them meeting their target by the allocation that they're doing. So I think it's the right approach, but the proof is in the pudding. We are now at a very critical phase of um, going through developing the national plans. And, and I can only plead with the Commission to take a very tough stance in terms of using evidence-based means through the DESI index to make sure that member states properly address the uh, weaknesses they have in their current di- digital transformation, including in the area of connectivity. Now, if I may add to that, that's why policy reforms become so important. What we want to do with the uh, EU funds is to create a digital dividend for the next generation. This is money, uh, ultimately, uh, which besides the loan part, um, this is money that is allocated through European taxpayers. So whatever we do, we should make sure that it creates a dividend for the next generation. This is a debt that we build up for next generation, and therefore they must be benefiting from it. And that's why both green and digital are the right priorities for the EU. And it's fantastic, frankly, that everyone have, have rallied behind that. But in doing so, we need to recognize that the current investment climate with respect to digital and particularly on digital connectivity in Europe is such that you actually write off capital expenditure. It's not that you have a positive development uh, in terms of its future value. You're actually writing off current value on a year by year basis in Europe. That fundamentally will need to change in order to create a dividend for the next generation. And that's basically the tall order for uh, European policymakers, be they national or European, to come together and saying, okay, frankly, let's do the right investments. Let's measure ourselves against that. Let's build on the evidence-based framework that we have in terms of DESI. But also, what are the policies that need to change to turn good money going after a great project, but ending up being poor investments into actually good investments for future generations? Mm -hmm. One of the things that provoked my interest personally in the digital decade targets was um, the reference several times uh, within the gigabit 
connectivity purview um, to 6G R&D projects. And this is something that I think the European Commission is gradually filtering out. I believe they want to get the message across that 6G now is very much on their minds. And perhaps the previous laggard approach with 5G, with 4G, with 3G um, is something that they want to avoid in the 6G um, telecommunication space. Do you think this is premature to to start talking about 6G when we haven't really even begun with 5G yet? And, and what do you think the Commission's thinking is in this respect? I don't think it's necessarily premature, provided you can do two things or three or four or five things at the same time. The problem only arises if you're sort of saying, I, I missed the boat on 5G and somehow miraculously I'm going to be competitive in 6G by sort of skipping a step. And in doing so, um, my view is, for example, we started the work around 5G standardization, the manner in which we wanted to improve, for example, security, resilience of networks through 5G compared to the 4G technology, while we were still at this inception phase of the 4G rollout. So there's nothing wrong from the point of view, and it's actually the right thing to do, to start work around what's the next evolution of the technology that we build. But the reality is that we're building 5G on top of 4G, and we are most likely going to build 6G on top of 5G. So if you don't have a network for uh, 5G, uh, it's going to be difficult purely by getting very involved in standardization and technical specifications to somehow miraculously become a world leader in 6G. That doesn't mean that there won't be a number of players, for example, Ericsson and Nokia, who can become absolutely essential players in terms of developing the IP related to 6G. But there is no shying away that ultimately there is an evolution of each generation, and you need to make sure that you're not a laggard in any of them. And unfortunately, today, Europe is a laggard in 5G. Now, it's worth recording because you, you referred to sort of 3G, 3G, 4G, 5G. I mean, Europe was uh, coming into the 3G. We were the world champion. GSM, uh, European Telecommunications, was really uh, leading the way around the globe. Part of the reason why we lost the pole position was because, frankly, um, governments uh, across Europe uh, felt that this was an opportune time to extract uh, capital out of the sector to put into government coffers rather than going into deployment of the, um, uh, the 3G and subsequent 4G networks uh, on the ground, i.e. to benefit citizens. And that's the fundamental question, which is why I'm also very uh, positive and, and hopeful about Breton investors statements publicly around that they want to get uh, governments of, across Europe to rethink the way they run the auctions, to focus on the benefits of the citizens, be it around accelerated 5G or better rural coverage, rather than trying to extract capital out of their already uh, severely capital constrained industry. And we have found ourselves in Europe in this situation. So to your, to your question, uh, as long as you're clear on what are you doing on 6G now, and that it does not constitute a substitute for uh, accelerating and speeding up and making sure that Europe does not fall completely behind in the 5G uh, rollout. Because 5G, it is in the use cases of 5G that most of the benefits in terms of Industry 4.0, upgrading and modernization of agriculture sector, um, the way that we will rethink smart cities, the way that we will rethink transport systems will come. It is in those use cases. And the slower you are with rolling out 5G, the slower you are in exploring these use cases, which means that you will lose competitiveness and you will lose out on the digital transformation that 5G brings. And a big thank you to Joachim for speaking with me recently on this issue. 
That's all we've got time for this week. Please remember that online with us, you can get a comprehensive breakdown of all the tech stories in the EU politics and policy domain with my free digital brief newsletter. Sign up online today and don't forget also to subscribe to this podcast, which is published, of course, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and Amazon Music. I've been Samuel Stolton and thank you for listening. Thank you.